hello, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast. That's right. With me, the mad chatter, Ryan MK, and of course, by my side, the Maj Heron, the celery captain, Aaron Stewart. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. A perfect way to kick off a Monday. This was some Monday night football, yes. uh, even though it was quite the game, but we'll get into that a little later, but survived Monday. That's always yes. the goal in life, right? Survived Monday, a chilly Monday. Uh, it's, I mean, the, that Monday night game looked cold, but it was pretty cold here too in Denver. And as you were saying, off pod, a little chilly there in Texas for Texas standards. So it's, uh, it's winter is coming. That is right. Winter is coming. Oh, speaking of winter is coming, I've been redoing the Game of Thrones books, right? And I was doing them audiobook wise. So listening to the books and doing it at work as I'm working. And I somehow I'm on the third book halfway through. Somehow I didn't realize my time with it was running up. And it got returned without me knowing. And I tried to check check it out again right away. And alas, it was gone. So now I'm sitting here. And it says I should have it back within a week. Because there's more than one copy. But it's, it's you know, I'm just ranting and raving about other shit. But it, <laughs> I, so my Game of Thrones re-listen is how I'll say, phrase it. It is put on pause. I'm disappointed in that. Sorry, the winter is coming. That's just my crazy brain. Anyway. Speaking of winter, it's December. Happy December, Mr. Aaron. The, the holiday season is in the, it, 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 the spirit is in the air. You know, we've got lights all over the place. It's nice. It's nice. I enjoy this time of year. And, uh, you know, the kids running around. How many days till Christmas? Did it fucking count, man. You can count. Count. <laughs> last year, we did are not one counting those. the hours. Right. But last year we did one of those advent calendars and some of them can be cool but we this year we were like no because last year the one we picked out was a, like an avengers one and this one had a different fucking a little miniature avengers book for every day and holy shit it just turned out to be a giant pain in the ass i'm gonna put it that way because they were not not great books by any means so it just yeah anyway I digress. I'm, de- I'm doing a lot of ranting already on this uh, on this uh, episode, but uh, uh, we continue on. Um, before we get to the Monday night game, we do have to take care of a little bit of maintenance, a little announcing, because we're going to have a little bit of a schedule change over the weeks. I'm going to pull it on for a little crank here. Mad caps. So this, this week is going to be normal, how it normally is. But starting next week, Okay, next week through the fantasy playoffs, okay, we're going to be doing this normal beginning of the week pod that we normally do. And then later on in the week, you'll get a couple of short videos, one from Aaron, one from myself. And we'll do that while the fantasy playoffs are going on. I'll kind of handle a Thursday night recap along with some infirmary chatter. Aaron will just kind of throw out a few things to look for in the coming week. And we'll kind of do that as we get into and through the playoffs. And then we get into the actual NFL playoffs. Oh, but before that, week 18. Week 18, you know, probably going to be somewhat like week 17. So we figure let's get one pod that weekend. And, you know, we'll kind of cover some of the Sunday action that happens. But we're going to kind of do a season review, dynasty outlook, what, you know, maybe an off-season outlook, just kind of discussions like that. And then we hit the NFL playoffs once again, one pod weekly, and uh, we're just going to try and talk Dynasty and DFS during the fantasy playoffs. Because as you know, this stuff does matter. Look at Leonard Fournette, just Leonard Fournette himself, how much he was boosted by his playoff run, and it's carried over into this year, you know, so that's just some of the stuff you need to look for during the NFL playoffs. It's it, it's not like it, it's useless for fantasy, right? You know what I mean? Right. So that's kind of what the, the NFL playoffs will look like. And then after the Super Bowl, we'll get a nice final pod to wrap up the 2021 season. And then, uh, you know, 
cast ourselves off into the off season. And so that's kind of the plan, folks. That's kind of the plan schedule wise, what we're thinking about for the rest of the season and the playoffs. And then we'll probably take a little bit of a break after the season and, you know, kind of figure, hopefully we get figured out by then kind of how we want to attack off season schedule, but that's, that's down the road. We've still got a couple of months of football left and plenty to talk about tonight, Aaron. So we begin the Monday night football game. It was interesting. It was interesting to see a team that passed the ball three times win the football game. Uh, but it was impressive. Some of the running, man, I'll tell you, I'd, I, I mean, them boys were chewing up the that Bills line. I, they really were. Damian Harris had a big breakout. Reminder, Stevenson had a few big runs. Uh, Damian Harris had another run, but he's hurt. There was something going on with him. Um, I don't think he was even able to finish the game because he went out and then he came back in. But then on one run, it looked like he, he went off limp and hurt himself again, and you didn't really see him the rest of the game. So... <clears throat> but it was, uh, yeah, Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson. Otherwise, that you know, wasn't a whole lot else from the Patriots. But between the running game and their defense, it was enough. Um, and I'm a little worried about the Bills. I mean, because you look at next week, they got the Bucks, and then they got the Patriots again this time in Foxborough. Now. I, I've got no issue with Josh Allen. I, I'm more than willing to admit I was kind of wrong on that, dude. Um, but I've also had a tough time trusting this Bills team because it seems like they've been fine against some of the lesser teams other than the Jaguars, but they've really kind of struggled against the better teams, and they don't do much in the way of rushing the ball. They just And it just feels like when it gets put on – Josh Allen's shoulders, and there's a little bit of panic. That's when he kind of resorts to some of his, you know, bad habits, I think. And so I think that's why we're seeing some of that. And it just, it, it definitely makes me worry about the Bills in general. But, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough to even trust the offense fantasy-wise on a weekly, on a consistently. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? And we'll start with the Bills and like, yeah, there are some legit concerns here because this, this was a rough loss, the home loss to the Patriots, but the, the other, the other storyline on this is the Patriots, this is their seventh straight win, seven, they are the hottest team in the NFL, not just the conference, like the NFL, they are Oh, they're they're looking unstoppable right now and the defense as you mentioned just fantastic past five games they've allowed 36 points mm. in five games they're averaging a touchdown allowed per game in today's nfl which is so difficult it's it's crazy and then on offense like they they give the double middle finger. They give the double middle finger to, to everyone. This game's a perfect example. I know it was a weird game, the snow, the wind, and everything. Yeah, they just won the game throwing the ball. By just running. Three fucking, yeah, they pretty much, it, it was, yeah, that's I, all they did. I'm you, it's, it was insane to watch. It was insane to watch. Just be, And most people would think that's a boring game, but I, keep, I, I was almost on the edge of my seat, just like, they got to pass. Are they gonna pass? They gotta pass it. That's a, I, I saw the one pass Mac Jones had to Johnu Smith, where he tipped it, caught it, beautiful. And I'm like, okay, he got that one out the way. He's gonna settle down a little bit. And especially when they were driving, when they were going um, with the wind, when they were driving with the wind, I was just like, just waiting for them to pass it. Like, come on. And 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 they just weren't gonna. And it was hard to blame them because Buffalo wasn't gonna stop. You know, my brother lives in Buffalo. He was sending me pictures of what that place looked like. The snow did die down, but it was windy as all hell. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen can throw a little bit in it because he's got that monster arm. But, like, I'm sure Buffalo fans had to be getting pissed, like, uh, quit running the fucking ball. But, hey, they were chewing up yardage. I mean, you know, obviously they had to punt um, a couple of times. But, I mean... The, the ground game was working. Why go away from it? Why have your rookie quarterback have to try and throw in that shit? <laughs> you know, so 
it, sorry to interrupt you, but there are, to add on with it, but you're right. It, it's just insane. Yeah, I, they, they just, it seems like they can beat you however, you know. It, and it is, it's frightening because it's always important as we get ready for the NFL playoffs. Hmm. If teams don't have an identity. They're not going to get that far. And we know what the Patriots are. The Patriots are going to keep it very simple with Matt Jones. They're not going to ask him to do too much. And, and he's been good in that role. And I, I don't see teams challenging him because Patriots, it's, there's two things they do extremely well. One right now is they are running the ball extremely well. But then also the defense. The defense, as we discussed, is a powerhouse. So it's like, cool, you take away, I don't know, maybe you could stop the run game. But that defense, you still have to score on the defense. And so the Patriots, man, everyone thought the team, the, the dynasty was over because they missed the playoffs last year. The slow start out the gate, two and four. And Bill Belichick is just laughing. Not, not publicly. We never see him laugh, but he is just laughing. In, in, at his house, he's laughing at the league. It's, it is, it's crazy. For Buffalo, you know what? It, it's, they were a popular pick in the AFC. And where the Patriots have substance, it seems that the Buffalo Bills are a little more sizzle. You know, they, mm -hmm. they got a little too fancy. We loved the team last year. And yeah. I think they got just a little too cute there. And the Patriots just went back to fundamentals. They, they went back and upgraded heavily on defense and, and, and the offensive line too. They, 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 they really focused on that. They, they're like, oh, we don't have a star receiver. It doesn't matter. In this game, not a single receiver caught the ball. They, they mm. don't care. They don't care about like, oh man, you guys spent so much money on two tight ends because it works because it allows like the reason I love tight ends in the game of football is because they're versatile. You want to be a passing offense? Cool. These tight ends are freaks and they got two of the best. Like John, John o. Smith being an athletic freak and Hunter Henry has been one of the better receiving tight ends in the game since he's entered the league. But also it's the, the good thing about those guys is that you know, if you can have a passing offense with receivers, not all receivers can block in the run game, but tight ends, the very least, because they're just big bodies there, they can at least be decent there. So interesting game. I'll talk more about one of their other division rivals a little later in the show, but Buffalo, there is concern, despite the fact they're seven and five and yeah. But they're still in the playoff. Right? I don't have the standings, but everything's so close this year. It's like a right. weird year in the NFL. And that's why I say they're a little bit in trouble because now they got to go face the Bucks. Right. That's dangerous. I'm not sure entirely where that's at. I believe Tampa Bay, but I'd have to, I'll double check real yep. quick. It's, it's at Tampa Bay. So, right. So they got to go to Tampa Bay. I mean, that's going to be tough. And then they got to go to Foxborough to face the Patriots again. And it's just, it's, Brutal. it gets to a point where if they don't find a way to win one of these two, they're in a lot of trouble. They are. Cause I just pulled up the standings too. They are clinging on to that last playoff spot. The number yeah. seven. Seed. They're in trouble. It's, a lot yeah. Of trouble. And there are teams right there. I mean, it is, there's only four teams with losing records in the AFC. And one of those teams is Miami, and I'll talk more about them a little later. They're, they're, they're surging too. So it's, yeah. it's nuts. There's really only three teams in the AFC that in week, what entering week 14 have been eliminated from the playoffs, like 13 teams this late in the season. Right. It's mind blowing. It's crazy. It okay. All right. Well, enough about that game. Let's kind of get into the rest of the week that was week 13, normally the final regular season game for most fantasy leagues. But this week, or this year, I should say, rather, uh, we've got the extra football game. And uh, so there's a pushback. And so extra regular season fantasy game, because who wants to start the playoffs in week 14 when there's four teams on a bye, right? It's ridiculous. Four teams on a bye in week 14. Come on, NFL. But anyway, so extra regular season game. So next week will be the regular season finale. We've got plenty to cover for this week. It looked 
like not the greatest slate of games, but there was actually some interesting stuff that went on. And we begin with off with their heads. And Mr. Aaron, please go first, my friend. All right. So off with their heads. I did this last week too, because we get to this point of the season, we find ourselves kind of repeating ourselves with some teams. So mm. I took a little bit of a dynasty approach. There was bad news that came out today from the New York Jets, and that's receiver Corey Davis, one of their big free agent signings. He's out for the season, season-ending uh, core surgery. He's working on the, the abdomen area. And, you know, I people that have followed my work for the past couple of seasons, I've never See. been a fan of Corey Davis. Uh, but I do feel bad for the guy because he's dealt with some injuries to various things, hamstrings, hip, now core surgery and the other thing too that i have to just kind of chuckle at is in tennessee he was a, he was usurped by uh one mr aj brown then he goes to new york to presumably be a, the guy after having a very efficient season a season where some people be like you know what he might be living up to that first round hype being Devonte parker 2.0 mm. and oh yeah they drafted receiver elijah moore and i mentioned those two guys because Corey Davis hates receivers that come from Ole Miss. They just come in, they take his job, they make him super right. sad. He's never been able to live up to the hype. And it's off of their heads with Corey Davis. Yep. Corey Davis, this is this is what he does in his career, is he will have a monster game that finishes in the top 10, followed by three to four weeks where if you start him, you're probably losing because it's just – not even replacement level production but because he has that one big game you you hold you either hold on to him or you go you know what i'm done with this guy i cut him and then he has a big game and you find yourself bidding fab dollars on him but at this point i'm just done like you can find boom bust guys hey if i can ever get back to writing wide receiver cornerback articles like i i can i've been able to identify some of these guys i just i don't want Corey davis because I don't ever want to deal with, oh, I can't drop him because he has that upside. But it just, no, he's, the, the thing is, he's never, he's never actually broken out. Like people right. think he had his breakout season last year. That wasn't a breakout season. He still has never topped a thousand yards in a season. Do you really want that uh, on your team? No. So off of their heads, Corey Davis. I don't want him in any format. No redraft, no dynasty, no best ball. Uh, um, maybe, maybe best ball, depending on where his ADP ends up being next year. But like, right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I can't disagree with that. Honestly, I don't believe I have him rostered in any league. So I do. He's, not one I've ever been a fan of either. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, no argument there at all. And I am going to go, You for me, my first one, you spoke of trying not to be repeatable, anything like that. I'm repeating myself. Sorry. <laughs> Urban Meyer, the Jaguars. <clears throat> Excuse me. These people give me fucking headaches. Laquan Treadwell is the leading receiver. I refuse to believe, refuse to believe that is because he is the best player, best receiver, the best option on that team. I refuse to believe that. Even if there is something wrong with LaVisca Chanel, and I'm a little worried at this point, but even if that's the case, that I don't buy Treadwell is better than even Marvin Jones. I mean, Marvin Jones is good. He's older now, but Marvin Jones is a hell of a receiver, and he's had some big games this year, too. I refuse to believe. Refuse to believe in Treadwell. So, <clears throat> Mm, this is just ugly. I just, I don't, I mean, Urban Meyer, he just always looks so damn down about, like, I'm just like, you, you can go ahead and quit already, you know, because I, I feel like that's what he wants to do. Go ahead and do it because they, he's not doing this team any good. I mean, th these are the kinds of situations I feel like that mess up quarterbacks, you know? And so I just, I, I don't, ugh. I'm just over it, and I'm totally worried about, well, pretty much everyone in Dynasty, like, the longer this goes on, you know, because, I mean, oh, man, 
well, LaVisca Chenault, I mean, it's not just the profile, it's the breakout finder, it's everything with him. How is the, how is he like, ah, I just don't, I, you got to be worried about him. You got to be concerned. I mean, you know, going into this year, would you think you'd be more concerned about LaVisca Chenault at this point in dynasty formats than you would about James Robinson? Right. It's the short answer on that is going to be no. And especially if <sighs> at that time, if we could travel back in time and without like spoiling what Chenault season has been, you've been like, you, you can mention to your pass. Oh yeah. DJ Chark's going to get hurt and miss the rest of the season. And I would, I'd be sitting there just going, I mean, I guess it would be celebrating an injury, but in terms of more on it's Chenault season back then, like if I could go and tell myself that, be like, yes, it's Chenault right. time. But to, it, it is crazy. And I, I pulled it up on breakout finder. You're right. Like Chenault with a 55.8 uh, breakout rating. And it just goes to show too. It's like, you know, at the, at the end of the day with dynasty, you're, you're doing a probability game. And I, I don't think it was a bad process, right? It's because he was falling in dynasty rookie drafts last year. And right. you usually could get him at a pretty good value. I mean, mid to maybe even late second round, depending on your leagues, and you know i guess that's what might help like yes we expected the breakout but him not breaking out let's say that you got him let's maybe pick 20 or so in dynasty rookie drafts or or even like pick 16 like 16 to 20 pick range um Mm. and and i'd have to go and check maybe his adp was a little different but i remember him slipping big time because he didn't run at the combine and and or no he ran but he ran injured and it wasn't up to the numbers that we thought it would be right that may help a little bit it's like okay like this guy didn't break out but the truth be told is that second round picks don't don't usually break out but it it's difficult to see a guy with his profile just do nothing and i think you hit the nail on the head here it's it's just the urban meyer effect it's how can you mess up so many things and it's looking at the box score and I get it. That doesn't tell the whole story, but my God, like it's just so freaking bad. Like they don't have a lack of talent. It's like, how is Trevor Lawrence at this point of his rookie season, not even passing for 150 yards. Yeah. I, <sighs> it's, it's such a mess. It's such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> And you do wonder how, how much of it is with Urban Meyer, but, it, it, you know, still, like, it's kind of one of those things we've talked about it before, you know, you, you rely in on that third-year breakout for a receiver, mm-hmm. you know? I mean... And I, I think that's been debunked, too, uh, at this point, is truth be told, especially, and that may be because the NFL's changed, but it's if you don't show something quick, they'll they will quickly replace you. Right. And you can look at Philadelphia just briefly with Philadelphia. It's like boom, Jalen Rager. Or no, what what was it? It was they drafted Jalen. Yeah, they drafted Jalen Rager. Oh no, this guy isn't like what we thought. And especially hurts when Justin Jefferson's the next pick. And what do they do the following season? Hey, first round pick, they trade up to take Devonte smith so nfl's change it's rare usually if you're a player and you don't show anything in the second season and you're and you're getting playing time it's not a good sign and and that right. was exactly what i talked about with chenault and brian edwards on last week's show is like oh you did bring up chenault last week my yeah. bad i was oh, no, no, that's, myself that's, and you <laughs> no that that that's okay because i think it's worth it's worth emphasizing that like look like once again, Chenault, three catches, 30 yards, five targets. Like, ugh. could yeah. the third year breakout happen? Sure. Like, there's there's always a probability of anything happening. But, my goodness, you, you can't really have a better situation than this. You're competing with Marvin Jones and Laquan Treadwell. Quite frankly, I mean, Treadwell has been out playing Chenault, and Marvin Jones on the entire season has been the better receiver. Right not looking good not looking good at all 
It stings. Uh, it stings so much. We spent way too much time on that. So go with your next <laughs> off with their heads. This one pains me. Another dynasty player that I'm concerned with in the long term, Chase Edmonds. Some of it is due to the unfortunate injury because what happened during the injury, James Conner happened and emerged and showed that he could be a bell cow. And it's James Conner being the bell cow shows that, look, we love the profile of Chase Edmonds. And even this season, he's been super efficient. He's been top five in breakaway, breakaway run rate and juke rate while having an increased role. Like, I feel like he's a good fantasy running back, except when I dug into the numbers there. So far, in terms of a points per game basis, he's never finished inside the top 30 at his position. Never. And this is his third, is it a third season or fourth season? It's third no four i don't like he's been in the league especially for running backs you, you, these are the the years that are going to be most productive usually yeah. and the concern is the cardinals have never made chase edmonds the bell cow he's he's been saved in ppr leagues because he catch passes and that is good but he still doesn't get a lot of the high value touches especially when they get close to the goal line and then he's injured and teams are weird about these things like it could be the first big injury he's ever suffered and the team will be like nope we can't use him and what i the vibe i get it's like duke johnson Duke johnson where and i i was a truther for duke johnson and kept going anytime he goes somewhere he'd go to to houston it's like yes he's going to houston they're gonna unlock this guy and they don't and it's that's the vibe I get with Chase Simmons. It just, it's never going to happen to the extent that we thought it was going to happen. I have to agree. Uh, and that's why in dynasty, like ugh, the tough thing is you can't say, you can't say sell right now because it's not the right time because he's injured right. and everything. The time to sell was really this past off season. I was, I sold my Chase Simmons shares at the end of last season and, and I didn't quite get the window right on that one. Cause I, I, I traded him thinking Cardinals are going to, they're going to bring in a guy to, to replace, not replace, but like a guy to be what James Conner is. Um, right. So I guess in a way it was like, I was right. I, I just thought it'd be through the draft and not actually bringing in James Conner, right. but off with their heads with, with Chase Simmons. I, uh, I feel like he's going to be overdrafted next year because they very, they very well may draft a running back next year. Cause now it's really bothering me. Is this chase Edmonds third or fourth season? Cause it matters based on his contract. So chase Edmonds, when did he enter the league? It was 2018. So this is, he's going to be a free agent. I believe. I don't think he signed. I don't think he ever signed an extension. So yeah, it, it's a, it, it ain't ever happening. Like, he'll be just productive enough, kind of like Corey Davis, where you go, I can't get rid of him. And he has those big games where you go, yes, for the truthers. And I was an original truther, but then I became a realistic truther and going, okay, like, I'm going to capitalize on this hype and get out from underneath him and get some draft picks. But, yeah, no contract extension. So he is going to be a free agent, and you have to wonder, are they going to assign him? Like, I, I, I just, ugh, I don't know. And already he'll be 26 years old next season. It's right. Duke Johnson. It's Duke Johnson 2.0 in all the wrong ways. Can't say I disagree with you. Can't say I disagree with you. I know I say that a lot, either that I, I can't disagree with you or I agree with you. <laughs> and part of it is that I really can't. I don't have a lot to add. And the other part of it is, it's like, well, I guess keep it moving because I don't really got shit to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I think it's because, and for listeners, you know, Ryan and I do disagree on things, but we have a similar thought process and how we how we analyze the stuff from just oh, years sure. of playing this game. So for sure, Whew. okay, we we'll pour one out. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a bummer. Also a bummer, Broncos management, and really. This, this second off with their heads, this this kind of goes out to all the teams that are essentially a QB away. Uh, uh, the Niners. Now, we, we think they have that QB on their team, uh, but either 
they're being stupid or Lance isn't ready. And he didn't quite look it. And, you know, when he was starting, I'd like to see more. But again, did he might need some time to develop, but uh, I would think best way to learn is being out there on the field. But, uh, did, you know, it's just not like it used to be. Not like it used to be uh, in the NFL. Dudes don't just sit, you know. And um, I don't know. And, and then you look at the Panthers. They're on a bye. No Christian McCaffrey. He's done for the season. If they had a quarterback, and I had some hope for Cam that he was going to be solid and at least fun, and he had some decent stuff, and then, you know, not so great game. And so we'll see what happens from there with no Cam Newton. But them, they passed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones, um, and, and as did the Broncos. And it's just terrible because the defense is actually pretty good and that game against the Chiefs man they had a chance if that offense was at all capable and it's not the offense entirely because there is some fucking weapons on that team as we'll 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 get into but it's it just bums me out because that that team could be really good and they got Teddy and Drew Locke. And I love Teddy. I thought he was, once upon a time, the guy for the Vikings. And uh, shit just hasn't panned out. And he is what he is, whether that's what he's been all along or that's what he is since the injury. It doesn't matter. It is what he is. I, I So it's just that I'm just over these stupid teams. Get your fucking quarterbacks now. We, we've got several teams that could use a quarterback, and we're going to have some coming out in the draft. And then we could potentially have Aaron Rodgers or maybe Russell Wilson out there available. So it's going to be a very interesting offseason quarterback-wise. And uh, the Broncos better do something, enough pissing around with this quarterback situation because they've been doing this for fucking years now. And really, so have the Panthers because they went Teddy <laughs> – and then they tried Darnold, and now they're with Ken. So, you know, those two in particular, get your shit together. Get some quarterbacks for your teams. Uh, but that being said, we conclude off with our heads and we move on to the mad observations. And we have to begin it with the one good thing about Denver's Sunday night performance that there is to talk about. There is one good thing to say about that. And what is that, Mr. Aaron? Number one mad observation from your salary captain, but also I think it's a mad observation from you too, Ryan, is that Javante Williams happened in a big way. Finally, the very first game that Melvin Gordon didn't play, Javante Williams finished with a stat line of 23 carries, 102 yards. And then through the air, added six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown to finish as the RB1 in fantasy football in week 13. And people, if you have been listening to the show since the offseason, you know Javante Williams was not just my RB1 of this draft, of the 2021 draft class, but he was Ryan's RB1 of the 2021 draft class. We planted our flags when everyone was going Najee or Travis Etienne. Najee, Travis Etienne. And we said, look, Najee. You make the case if you happen to be a playoff contender that managed to get the 101 and you needed to go all in to win this season. Yeah, Najee was going to, he was always going to be the better contributor in year one. And we were having to wait for this Melvin Gordon situation because Gordon's the last year of his contract. It could happen. It was definitely going to happen next year, but could happen this season. And we had to be very, very patient paid off in a big way for javante williams if we could have played dance music we'd have a dance party we absolutely won look people dynasty doesn't have to be hard it really really doesn't you just have to look for the right things and a lot of people focused on an underwhelming 40 yard dash a 4.62 that's not good but it's not the end of the world either with Javante Williams. Like he had his other athletic traits, I think helped balance 
the underwhelming 4-6-2 40-yard dash. And I encourage people, pull up Javante Williams in Player Profiler. And then in another tab, pull up Aaron Jones in, in Player Profiler. Do the comparison. I have it. It's an article. I had a range of outcomes article for a lot of the, uh, the top prospects of this past draft class. And with Javante Williams, you do side-by-side comparison. He is a slightly less explosive Aaron Jones. And this game and seeing what he did, especially in the receiving game, I mean, the Broncos got beat 22 to nine. How does a running back finish as the top running back in fantasy football when his team put up nine points and got beat? Because he's the fucking man. It's crazy. He's the man. He's the man. And my last thing on this one is, the other things you look for is Najee and ETN. I said it. Ryan said it. Like the reason we didn't like those two guys as being the RB1 in the class is they could have came out the season before. And the reason they didn't is they weren't even like in the top seven at the, at the running back position last year's class. And that's the phenomenal class that had Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, some studs there, but even like behind Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins, uh, I know they both got injured, but they were both superior prospects. Like mm-hmm. Najee and Etienne, if they were your 101, if they were your top running back in, in rookie drafts, like that just tells me that you really don't know what you're doing in Dynasty, quite, quite frankly. Quite, I mean, I'm quite blunt on that, but no, like, and I get it. We haven't seen ETN. Maybe ETN will be fine, but he's not going to be Javante. You best believe that. Yeah, yeah. I love Javante. And, and I even got some dance music for us. For Javante. We're totally ripping off the pod, Potter. I hope you we love us some Javante Williams. So you gotta love that. You gotta love the dance party for the Javante Williams. It's a reason to celebrate. We touted this dude, touted this dude, and hey, he fucking did it. He performed when he given the opportunity. That's that's all we wanted to see. That's all we wanted to see. So now we know where we at with Javante heading into next year, and that's good to know. My first observation after our short little dance party: lightning strikes in Cincinnati. <laughs> Man, this game was actually like obviously I do the red zone thing I sit and watch the red zone but this game was constantly on the red zone and really since he was making a bit of a comeback man until Joe Mixon poor Joe Mixon fumbled the football and then it was kind of seemed over after that but see this this is the Chargers offense that we expected right I mean Herbert over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Okay. Eckler, 59 yards and a touchdown carrying the ball, five receptions, 45 additional yards. You know, I, Keenan, Will, Keenan Allen didn't get a ton of yardage, a couple of touchdowns. Mike Williams over 100 yards. Jalen Kitan, 90 yards and a touchdown. So when they're doing this, man, not only are they fun, but they're going to be tough to beat and their defense was playing well. And, uh, you know, Cincinnati is just continuing to show some of the inconsistency, but again, that's, we've seen a lot of that from the chargers. So it's, they're very, almost, they're pretty similar teams when you think about it. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes down the, the stretch. One of these teams make the playoffs, both of these teams, but it's 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 nice to see the Chargers have a game like this, you know, and uh, I just want to see it more consistently. But uh, that that's what I got. Lightning in Cincinnati. This was one of the uh, the games I was more interested in leading up to the week, and um, it was not it went not quite how I expected, <laughs> but uh, it was it, it was a fun game to pay attention to. So that's what I got for that one. Um, what about you, Aaron? Any thoughts on this game? 
just last week when we were previewing the show, we just mentioned how important a game because of the AFC playoff pitcher being that everyone is still uh, jockeying for playoff position, how right. important it was. And probably a slightly more important for the Chargers, mainly because they lose that game. You're six and six. You're not, they wouldn't be in the playoff pitcher if the playoffs started. So it, right. it was nice to finally see, as you mentioned, the Chargers offense that we all thought we were going to see this entire season. And probably the only other thing I got ahead is now Keenan Allen's on the COVID list. And you're like, oh my goodness. Like, no, I know. Just, if that's not, if that, if that's not Chargers, right? Like, <laughs> like right as something good happens, they always are just struck by bad luck. And oh, I hope I'm not jinxing it for the Chargers. But guess what? Their special teams is ranked dead last. And I know this was a long time ago. It's crazy to think this was 11 years ago. The Chargers had that one season. They were the number one offense, number one scoring offense, number one scoring defense. But they had the worst special teams, and they finished 9-7 and seven to make the playoffs. Sorry, Chargers. I hope I did not speak that into existence. But once again, the worst special teams in the league. Will that be their downfall? And, you know, with how tight that playoff race is, like something like that is the deciding factor. So get your stuff together, Chargers. You still have five games. Five games. Sorry, the 17th game really throws off math for me. Yeah, it it definitely does. Definitely does. All right, what's your second observation, buddy? All right. I, I alluded to this when we talked about the Patriots and the Bills game. But the Bills are in trouble because there's another division rival of theirs that is red hot right now. The Miami Dolphins, and, mm-hmm. and specifically, my my label for this is Tua time. It's their fifth straight win. They were one in seven. They were dead right. in the water, and it was like, <laughs> like they have that. They have their first round pick. Oh no, they traded it. That's right. But since then. It's like, it's like they realize, okay, we can't tank again, even though they're used to tanking in recent seasons because there isn't a reason to tank. They've seemingly turned it around, and it starts at quarterback. You know, Tua Tungavaloa has gotten a bad rep. It's like, yeah. it's like we have him under the, the microscope, right? And any time he screws up, makes like one mistake, like people are like, no, oh, he's done. And it doesn't help when his team has been actively shopping him for Deshaun Watson. And it also doesn't help when another Alabama quarterback, the one that came in after him, Matt Jones, is doing as well as he is as a, mm-hmm. as a rookie in the same division, too. Right. So it's good to see for Tua because he he is – this game, perfect example. 30 of 41 passing, roughly 75% completion percentage. He had a couple of games in, in recent weeks where he's completed over 80% of his passes. It's He's not getting the huge yardage. This game, 244 yards. We had a couple of touchdowns, no turnovers, which that's been the key thing because Tua has mm-hmm. been super accurate. And I don't know if it was last week or the week before. It was something like he only had six incompletions, but, of course, one went for an interception. Like, oh, just a killer and i think we are seeing thanks to this win streak people are realizing that he has in fact improved because it's a shocking thing that there could be players that struggle especially as rookies and they improve it blows people's minds right And, and it's nice to see and with miami just keep Tua. try to build something around him because if you give up on them, like you are just a laughing stock of a franchise and a franchise right. that honestly, a few years ago, like I saw what they were doing. I was like, I like what they're doing. Like there's a plan in place, but you know, they've made some crucial mistakes in recent seasons with that rebuild that's led to them being this team that is, well, right around 500 where, you know, last year they were a 10 win team and it was like, they barely missed the playoffs, which like almost never happens as a 10 win team. But some of those crucial mistakes catching up to him, but they could still turn it around if Tua ends up being a franchise quarterback. And I think he can be. If you trade him, Miami, someone else is going to get a franchise quarterback. Don't do it, Miami. Yeah, I always felt he was uh, being treated a little bit unfairly given the situation and everything. And I would say, I guess, the one concern I would have with him is, is you know, health. Because, you know, he's not a bigger guy and he's already been beaten up in college. 
and banged up in the NFL. So it's, you know, the health aspect I want to keep an eye on. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he's playing better. I mean, particularly after you, it's like, okay, you're the guy the rest of the season. That's got to help a tremendous amount. So good observation there, my friend. Miami is indeed on fire. On fire. So we go to my next observation. The flock, they lost. The flock's lost. And it was really, really close. They decided to go for a two-point conversion to win the game. It just went off the tip of Mark Andrews' fingers. He was, I mean, so fucking wide open. It would have been over. And Lamar just was just off, just a little bit, just enough. And he's been struggling a little bit lately. If you look over the past four games, over, over like even just looking at fantasy points, he hasn't topped 20 fantasy points. Now, one of those games he didn't play. But the other three, less than 20 fantasy points. And it, so he's in a bit of a bad stretch. And you know me. I'm a Lamar fan. And uh, for me, this is concerning. This is concerning a little bit. And it, it, all I, I wonder if maybe all it is is that all these fucking injuries they've suffered throughout the whole year, if it's just starting to catch up to them. <laughs> because it, it's it, it, not just him, but I mean, the, the entire team, um, you know, offense, defense. But I mean, other than the lack of run game, which they've been dealing with all, all season, I mean, not a lot wrong with the offense. So I, you, you just got to wonder what's going on there. Um, because he's throwing the ball well this year. So I'm not sure what's going on lately. Just doesn't seem like he's been as sharp. And the turnovers and shit like that, it's just uh, Lamar is off, in my opinion. And um, as far as Pittsburgh goes, I just uh, part of me is I want Baltimore to win this because I just want Pittsburgh to die. I'm just <laughs> I'm ready for this version of the Steelers to be over. I don't need to see it anymore. Get out of here. Get Big Ben out of here. Just 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 end it. I would like to see a new, more fresh version of the Steelers next year. I, I would like to talk about the 2022 Steelers eventually. Uh, the, but the, the 2021 Steel, I'm over these motherfuckers. So that's another reason I'm disappointed. And not only did my guy Lamar lose, but they were supposed to take these motherfuckers and put them out their misery, and they didn't do it. It's crazy. And <coughs> Excuse me. Those divisional games. Those divisional games are a killer. It's why I never like betting on them, and especially the division of the AFC North. We're in December. Gets a little colder. It's we got those typical low scoring games like this. This was absolutely like a AFC North like typical game. One week after what we had the, the Ravens Browns game that was also low scoring too. It's just, you know, you're probably not going to see those like crazy performances um, mainly because in order to be a top fantasy quarterback, right? Like you usually have to like score touchdowns. So it's, that's the, downside of like a Lamar Jackson is just the division they play and the yeah. time of year. Yes, indeed. Okay. So that would be, we're moving on to your third, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my third my one stats. My third one is, you know, if you draft to this guy, it's been a rough season. And it, chances are you're, you may not even be in the playoffs, but Mr. Antonio Gibson, since the bye week, has been playing very, very well. In four games, he has topped 20 fantasy points in PPR leagues. And he's getting the usage we all hoped, hoped for. So he has, and I've got the stats here, there's been only one game of those four that he has seen below 26 touches and in that game, he had 19 carries and shockingly had no targets. Now, that was a week 11 game against Carolina. And there was still this guy named J.D. McKissick that was there uh, to take work away from him in the passing game. Well, J.D. McKissick isn't there anymore. 
And we look at this past game with the Raiders where you could already see the effects of J.D. McKissick not being there. Season high, 82% snap share. He, for a fourth straight game, 19 plus gears, he had 23 carries in this game for 88 yards. You know, that's um, solid. It could be better, but getting all the, all the carries, that's a good sign. And then in the receiving game, six targets. One is I actually led the team in that game. There was a bunch of, bunch of players with five targets, but Gibson's six targets, I'm pretty certain, led the team that week. He had five catches for 23 yards. So Andy scored a touchdown. He scored a touchdown to help get him to that 20, uh, to the 20 point mark. But we are seeing the Antonio Gibson, especially you go the week before and he had seven targets and caught all seven of those for 35 yards. He's averaging six and a half targets in two games. Small sample size, I know, but especially no J.D. McKissick. This is the Antonio Gibson. Everyone that was drafting him in redraft thought they were getting. But like, that is also a good reflection on, like, you can't be upset with the season Antonio Gibson's had for two reasons. One, the shin injury. Like, injuries happen, mm-hmm. you can't predict them. But also, like, yeah, he, in retrospect, going back and looking at the information we have now he shouldn't have been drafted that high because there was a jd mckissick there that was still going to be involved but if you were super patient with antonio gibson and you happen to just hang around and compete for the playoffs and make playoffs now guess what you you just got a second half league winning running back right now and it's like the two guys it's like him and Elijah Mitchell, off the top of my head, those guys, right. the amount of work they're getting, like, and there doesn't seem to be any serious competition for those roles. That's exactly what you want. So it's exciting. Tonio Gibson, bell cow running back. Yes. Well, I think him playing better also coincides a little bit with the team just in general. Because remember the team, like everybody was like, oh, this is going to be such a great defense. And then it did not look good in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was supposed to be an offense led by Ryan Fitzpatrick and he gets out hurt and he's been out and it's Taylor Heineke's show. And so it's just, it's, it, it, it might've just taken some time for the team as a whole, because they've been playing well in recent weeks uh, all wins. around. Yeah. So it's, <clears throat> I think it's a combination of factors. I think you make good points, but it's, uh, you know, this is definitely more of what, uh, it, you know, people who were bought in to McKissick or McKissick Gibson, <laughs> this, this is more what we expected. So it's definitely good to see. I certainly wasn't panicked about him, but this is definitely nice to see his work recently for sure. Right. So, all right. My next one, God like, and this is for Chris Godwin who had, uh, 15 receptions for 143 yards, most receptions by a wide receiver in a game so far this season. I think Waller had somewhere around that, maybe even more, but this is for wide receiver. I heard the stat earlier, which I can remember to source it in case it's wrong. <laughs> but but uh, so Chris Godwin killing it along with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, 143 yards himself so both players with 143 yards and then Jonathan Taylor added a couple of touchdowns to the mix so you know both teams Colts got the big win another team that's just fucking on fire right now it's too bad they didn't beat the Bucks they should have beat them uh, because they they'd be right there with the Titans I mean this is a team that if they can make it in the playoffs man they're going to be dangerous potentially so you got the Colts and then the Bucks just smashing the Falcons. We did get a little bit out of Patterson, but uh, if I remember right, but you know, just not uh, you know not a very competitive game at all. <laughs> but uh, even though you know thirty-one seventeen, you think it's not that bad. But <clears throat> so, Tom Brady contributed six of those seventeen points for the Falcons. That's very true. That's very. <laughs> that's very true i do remember that too and uh, oh i also remember i totally forgot to bring it up when we were talking when i was talking the Bengals chargers game but it was a crazy ass pick where jamar chase had it but then he bobbled it and the chargers defender just took it away from it it was a great play 
by the chart. I wish I could remember who that was, but great play by the Chargers defender on that one. So some interesting interceptions this, this weekend. But anyway, I digress. So, yes, a um, couple of uh, big-time wins for the Bucks and the Colts, two teams that played recently. And, uh, yeah, you just got to wonder what the hell is going on with the Falcons. Um, they need all sorts of shit. They need a new quarterback. They need a running back. I mean, they got Patterson, but he's kind of like a mixed bag. He's like a special weapon. They, they need an actual running back in there too, I would think. Um, and I, I just, did, yeah, they, this is another team. Just fucking get rid of them. I'm tired of talking about them. Next year, next year. <laughs> so that's what I got for that. Godlike. Mr. Chris Godwin is very godlike this week and uh, Jonathan Taylor continues his godlike season just kicking some ass and uh yeah so that's what I got and one thing I do uh want to add to Jonathan Taylor because it's always amazing how good of a player he is in this game he topped 20 fantasy points in PPR leagues now that's not the shocking thing at all the dude has been doing that consistently since the end of last season i want to say in like his last 18 games yes it was his last 18 games 11 he has scored 20 fantasy points or more and there's three other games where he has been really close with 19 fantasy points it's crazy to see how good he has been now the thing that was impressive about this game was he didn't catch a single pass like, that's incredibly difficult to score 20 fantasy points when in points per reception leagues, like you're getting a point just for catching the ball. You don't catch the pass. And for those people, because, you know, you always have to do a Jonathan Taylor CEH comparison. It's we're obligated. Ryan and I work for player profiler uh, as, as writers, contributors to help the brand. Like, so it's, it's, there's an obligation. Like when, when we're brought on, we're told that we have to discuss this at some point in anything that we do. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the last time he scored 20 fantasy points or more in a PPR league was week 11 a 2020. It's <laughs> poor Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Just each passing week, the gap between him and Jonathan Taylor just gets wider and wider and wider. Hopefully, listeners, you made the right choice. And if you didn't, you know, we had dance party for Javante Williams. I don't know. We could we could have like a cry quarter for those that went Clyde Edwards Alaire with Jonathan Taylor. We certainly, certainly could. <laughs> okay, Aaron. So now for your final observation of Wither. So in my previous mad takeaway from week 13 i talked about antonio gibson and the work he was getting on the ground along with elijah mitchell and how those guys could be the potential league winning running backs in the second half due to their volume uh, but there's there's another guy like that that was a league winner last season and that was david montgomery based on the volume and that's a perfect transition to my last takeaway which is well david montgomery 21 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown on the ground while also catching eight passes on nine targets for 51 yards. 29 touches. Volume is key. The, the Bears offense, not good, especially with Andy Dalton throwing four interceptions. So it's remarkable that David Montgomery, despite the horrendous quarterback play, can go out there, give you, was this 141 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown? And hey, there's no competition for him at running back. He may, he may have a 2020 second half David Montgomery season in 2021. Wheels up for David Montgomery. He's been the only player that looks good in the Chicago Bears offense this whole season. I don't know. Khalil Herbert looked good there for, for a minute. <laughs> that's true. That's true. He, he, had, he, was, he was a flash, a flash for a moment, and now – does he even get any work? Like it's it's I sad. Think so. I I think he should get like something, but for sure. Uh, but David Montgomery, legit guy. Yep. And uh, you know, not bad on the other side from the Cardinals. Nice to see Kyler back on the field, and uh, you know, 
that's 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 going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs because mm-hmm. the they they're another team that can do a lot offensively and they got a pretty good defense so it'll be interesting now <clears throat> for my final observation i have some miracles to talk about some magic magical moments first of all there's the Minshew mustache magic is back. It's, it's back. It is back. And the Eagles kick some ass with Minshew at the helm. Uh, if anybody's thinking, oh, my God, is there a QB controversy? Uh, the coach's words after the game said, nah, nah. Hertz has been pretty special. And uh, he's he's been great this year. So, no. But it's nice to know. I mean, you got Minshew in there as a backup. That's a hell of a backup to have. So that was cool. And then, of course, the miracle of the Motor City. There was magic happening in Detroit. And that is the Lions getting their first win of the season over the Vikings. And I'm telling you, this was... uh, the last game on Game Pass of the early games, so there was a lot of it being shown. And after the Vikings went down and scored, you just figured, well, it's over. The Lions aren't going to drive this down with a minute and a half left or whatever it was to win the fucking game with Jared Goff. This is no DeAndre Swift. This is not happening. And yet it did. It did, Aaron. It fucking did. Equinami and St. Brown, first touchdown catch of the season for the first Lions win of the season over the Vikings, who were, you know, right in the playoff mix and technically still are. But after beating the Packers, uh, they've, they've really not done their job following that up with wins against lesser teams. And uh, although I guess it hasn't mattered much fantasy-wise because – Justin Jefferson is still kicking ass. Although Adam Thielen, it's a bummer. High ankle sprain. He's going to be out a minute. And then as far as this game, I also wanted to mention Alexander Madison had himself another solid game in Cook's absence. And meanwhile, uh, Mr. Aaron was correct. And Jamal Williams, I mean, not terrible, but nothing special either. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, Godwin, Igwebukes. Okay, I can't even say his name right, <laughs> but they got some work. So, you know, the Lions get the win. I just, I'm happy for the Lions. That's why I had to bring it up, and I'm happy for Gardner Minshew. It's nice to see him back on the field because I've been a fan. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I think that's about else I got. Oh, you know who didn't give me some magic this week? That's Foster Moreau. I expected more out of Foster Moreau. Well, and the Raiders as a whole this weekend, but it is what it is. This is Washington's playing well. Again, we talked about that. So that's what I got. I think we can go ahead and end this bad boy. Do you have any final thoughts? Is there anything else that we didn't cover? We didn't talk a whole lot about Seahawks beating the Niners. This hey, finally got some action out of Russ, Aaron Wright, and the Rams right. are back on the winning track. Odell caught a touchdown. So both of those NFC West teams, uh, looking a little bit better, at least for a week. Yeah, and, and with those guys, I don't really have anything to, to add on those. I think right, they right. hit, like, the most important stuff, and, and really the only thing I'd say, nothing about the rest of the games, but if you're listening to us on YouTube, you know, make sure, give us a give us a subscribe if you like it. Like the video. It, it, it helps. You know, it's, if you want more people to... To, to hear us. Maybe not your league makes. Maybe we are the secret weapon, right? That's That's been able to give you some good advice, but you know, like well, we could use some help here. It, it helps keep us going and we're producing content. Uh, also, we're, Twitter's our primary social media. You can find me at AaronStew09. We have our Dynasty Wonderland podcast. That's at DW underscore pod on Twitter. And Ryan, where can they find you on Twitter? At RMK Madness on Twitter and hey, Instagram, where you can also find, uh, you know, my stuff for my non-sports podcast, the Miscellaneous Debris Podcast. I know, shameless plug, have to get it in there. Because I do, because I do. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me. And 
as Aaron said, you know where to find the pod. So make sure you do get us likes, subscribes, all that good stuff, all that good stuff. And here, eventually, I mean, it'll probably not be till obviously the off season now, but we're going to get that Patreon going, get that figured out so that, uh, you know, we can really start trying to blow this motherfucker up. You know what I'm saying, Aaron? You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. All right, buddy. That's all I got. I know that's all you got. Good show. Good show, my friend. And we move on. Great. We move on. We'll be back Thursday night. And that'll be our last uh, our last Thursday night show of the season. So hope you enjoy it. I know we will. And then, uh, you know, if you need a reminder of the new schedule, folks, just go back to go back to the beginning of the pod and and and, and check it out and listen. Didn't get that on loud enough. <laughs> oh, that's where this dude's at. Okay, everyone, thank you once again for joining from the Mad Chatter, Valerie Captain. We're going to get the hell out of here. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you next time. But until then, 